morning everyone and welcome to our worship at Hillhead for the first Sunday of Advent. Um, a particular well done to those of you who have braved the weather, weather conditions. I was um, speaking to someone yesterday who said, um, isn't the weather wonderful today, tomorrow the footpaths are going to be awful and uh, they are a wee bit perilous. So well done to everyone for getting here safely. Our worship this morning is led by Brian. Um, first off, a wee thanks to everyone who has contributed to our Christian Aid Christmas appeal. Um, we raised um, £765 for Christian Aid, which is amazing, so well done everybody. Um, and you'll see the your Christmas greetings appearing in the key today um, when I send out. Our midweek conversations group meets as usual on Tuesday on Zoom at 7 o'clock. This week we will continue our Advent discussions of the book Stick With Love. Next week we will meet here as usual in the hotel and on Zoom when Sunday School will be leading our worship with a little bit of assistance from Emma and Lena and Bethany. Um, and they invite you to wear your very best festive attire. So whether that's Christmas jumpers or whatever just makes you feel festive. Um, I've got some sparkles coming so um, you can all look forward to that. Um, these are all our notices. Good morning, everybody. And uh, as Ollie says, a special uh, congratulations to making it through the ice and snow. Um, as we begin, three practical matters. Firstly, you'll notice in your orders of service that there will be a number of moments of silence uh, at various points. These will not be very long silences, but they will be long enough for us to reflect on what we've just been listening to or watching. Secondly, as we gather for communion towards the end of the service, for those of you in Zoom, uh, you may wish to have something to be ready to eat and drink together. And thirdly, the eagle-eyed amongst you will have noticed from the order of service that we're using the same tune for two of our hymns. This is intentional. Um, one hymn is about Mary and the other about Joseph, and we're using the same tune deliberately to conjoin the two stories. In our first week of Advent, my suggestion is that our pilgrimage can begin not with beginning to move, but with pausing, a little bit of staying still. I'm hoping that there will be some space for reflection and some of the silence that we have this morning will also help us to prepare for the weeks ahead. And so, here I am, Lord is the attitude with which our Advent pilgrimage begins. Stories of Mary and Joseph and the choices that they made may help us with our thoughts as we reflect on the context for us as a community and as individuals. If we are to be in the place where something new can be planted and grow and flourish, reflection may be helpful. Traditionally, um, the lighting of our candles during Advent, we have responded together with words spoken or sung, and we may do that again from next week onwards. But today, after we light the first Advent candle, we're going to have a moment of silence, thinking afresh of the pilgrimage that we will make together over the next few weeks.
listen for God, let us pray. This Advent, open our eyes, God, especially if they are half shut because we are tired of looking, or half open because we fear to see too much, or bleared with tears because yesterday, today and tomorrow are filled with the same pain, or eyes contracted because we only look at what we want to see. This Advent, open our eyes, God, to gently scan the life we lead, the home we have, the world we inhabit, and so to find amongst the routine and the sameness and the gremlins of life, signs of hope that we can embrace and encourage. This Advent shows the world as in your sight, riddled by debt, deceit and disbelief, and yet also shot through with possibility for recovery, renewal and redemption. This Advent, open our eyes to one person or one place where we, this week, might identify and encourage a potential in the waiting. God forgives us and makes every day a new day for starting again. Thanks be to God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, we are far fewer people here than we expected this morning, so I need a lot of help for this next bit. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, mentioning to one or two people that for my altogether section, um, I only decided what to do about half an hour ago because I had about six different things all week and none of them seemed to work in my mind and I'm pretty sure the one I am going with is not going to work either. So you've got to prove me wrong. And my question is this, for all adults and all children, um, and I, I don't know, I'm hoping something from the children because I did prime them before the service, um, but my question is this, did you learn anything new this week? Oh, Paul's nodding right away, so we'll, let's go with Paul right away. Well, I found out that Venezuela is, um, having a referendum and taking over the neighbouring part of the neighbouring country, Guyana. <laughs> That's quite a startling one. Um, for those of you who didn't hear that, Paul said that he found out that Venezuela is having a referendum about taking over the neighbouring country, Guyana. Thank you. Right, so anything else? Sheila? 
Uh, yes, my electric windows in my car um, were giving me problem, and um, every time the, the, I put the window to go up to the top, it shot back down again. So it went and then back down. So it didn't stay up at the top, so I took it to the garage, and the garage man said, everything in your car has a memory, which I thought was fascinating. So I had to retrain my electric window to remember the purpose that it was there for. <laughs> so, um, for those of you online that maybe didn't hear that, Sheila, Sheila had to learn this week that everything, every action in the car has got an electronic memory and because her window, electric windows were malfunctioning, she had to retrain the car. <laughs> um, I think we'd pay good money for tickets to see you doing that. <laughs> right. Uh, Esther, did you have something? Um, I'm having, a, I'm having a violin. Uh, I'm going to practice violin with the P6s, and um, it's for the Christmas concert. I'm really sorry, I can't hear from here. What that was? Could someone? Um, so, um, I'm going to come up to you. I'm going to come up to you. Um, I'm doing violin with the P6s. And um, doing that for the Christmas concert. So you learned some new music, music, violin music. Yeah, we're doing deck the holes. Okay, for those of you on Zoom who didn't hear that, Esther learned some new violin music this week uh, for concert at Christmas. Did you say deck the holes? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Any more? Emma? I finished a sustainability course this week that culminated in a trip to Kent, the brewery. <laughs> you, so you finished a sustainability course? Yes. And you learned quite a lot? Learned a lot. Not mostly about beer this week, but it was very interesting. I mean, if truth be told, Probably every one of us learned something this week. Uh, something maybe quite trivial, something quite startling. Maybe we learned something about another person that we never knew before and which made us think of them differently. Um, and maybe we learned something that helped us to make a decision about something that's really important. Um, later on, um, uh, Emma and the children are going out to prepare for next week, but later on we'll be thinking a wee bit more about that, about decisions and the sort of uh, things that we think about people and we learn about people that help us to make these choices and decisions.
I'm reading Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 till 25, and Corinthians chapter 1, from 3 till 9, in Spanish. Nacimiento de Jesucristo. El nacimiento de Jesucristo fue así. Estando desposada María, su madre con José, antes que su jutacén se halló que había concebido del Espíritu Santo. José, su marido, como era justo y no quería infamarla, quiso dejarla secretamente. Y pensando él en esto, he aquí un ángel del Señor le apareció en sus sueños y le dijo, José, hijo de David, no temas recibir a María, tu mujer, porque lo que en ella es engendrado del Espíritu, tu santo es, y dará luz un hijo, y llamarás su nombre Jesús, porque él salvará a su pueblo de sus pecados. Todo esto aconteció para que se cumpliese lo dicho por el Señor, por medio del profeta, cuando dijo, He aquí una virgen, concebirá y dará a luz un hijo, y llamará su nombre Emmanuel, que traducido es Dios con nosotros. Y despertando José del sueño, hizo como el ángel del Señor le había mandado y recibió a su mujer. Gracia y paz a vosotros de Dios, nuestro Padre, Señor y del Señor Jesucristo. Acción de gracia por dones espirituales. Gracias doy a mi Dios siempre por vosotros, por la gracia de Dios que os fue dada en Cristo Jesús. Porque en todas las cosas fuisteis enriquecidos en él, y toda palabra y en toda ciencia así como el testimonio acerca de Cristo ha sido confirmado en vosotros. De tal manera que nada os falta en ningún don, esperando las manifestaciones de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, el cual también os confirmará hasta el fin, para que seáis imprescindibles en el día de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Fiel a Dios, por el cual fuisteis llamados a la comunión con su Hijo Jesucristo, nuestro Señor.
from 1 Corinthians. There is no single gift that you lack whilst you wait for Jesus to reveal himself. And from Matthew, Joseph woke up from his dream and did exactly what the messenger had told him. He married Mary. What if? It's a simple question that each and every one of us asks ourselves almost constantly throughout our lives. It infiltrates every aspect of who we are. We try not to dwell on such questions too much because we know that to do so could overwhelm our daily living. But the question still constantly bubbles to the surface every now and again. For those of you who have seen it, the film Sliding Doors plays out the what-if question in personal relationships. But the question is relevant to, to the much wider world. What if, in so many areas of political trends, policy decisions, voting patterns, armed conflict and diplomacy, we all know that timing and personalities can make the difference between going in one direction and another, with massive consequences, not just for the person making the decision, but for the whole of creation. Uh, to take an example, uh, and I do this with some reservation, but I'm going to take the example anyway, because it comes from a part of the world which is in our news every day, every day just now, and the part of the, land, the world from where the Christmas story emerges. What if, in November 1995, a young Benjamin Netanyahu had not publicly incited violence against the then Prime Minister of Israel, Yitzhak Rabin. Rabin was assassinated two days later, and the fledgling Palestine-Israel-Oslo peace process, with a two-state objective, was completely derailed. Those of you who read Life and Work, the magazine of the Church of Scotland, will have seen in this month's edition a piece by the current moderator of the General Assembly, Sally Foster Fulton. She writes about reading again the stories from the Gospels and that a question kept asking itself in her mind, what if they didn't go? The wise ones from the east, the shepherds on the hills, the unexpected ones who felt the call. What if they had stayed put, held fast, stuck with the familiar, the safe, the sensible? What if, when offered the chance to meet love, they chose not to go? The young, soon-to-be-married girl, the gentle man she was to marry. What if the messenger came and they refused? been too afraid of what others would think, of what the future might hold, what the commitment might require? What if the messenger's assurance that nothing is impossible with God has sounded more like a threat than a promise? What if they didn't listen to dreams and the wise had gone home another way? What if new parents hadn't taken the child and protected him in a foreign place? Our reflections this morning are not about the existence of angels, not about what the virgin birth might be or might mean, not about what we might mean by the voice of God. It's about none of these things. That's for another time. 
Our reflections are about story, about narrative, the most powerful underlying energy in all our lives, as individuals, in community, and the whole of creation. Our story of incarnation tells itself to us every year. It makes itself known to us in our everyday living. It waits and walks with us, with us through Advent. What will it whisper to you? What will it whisper to me? What will it whisper to us this Advent? In the year 1531, an indigenous Mexican peasant named Juan Diego climbed a hill near what is now Mexico City. There he had a series of apparitions of the Virgin Mary, who appeared to him not as a porcelain-skinned blonde, a blue-robed figure familiar from many church statues and paintings, but as a visibly pregnant, brown-skinned teenage girl speaking not in Spanish, the language of the missionaries and conquerors, but in Juan Diego's native Nahuati. According to him, her first words to the terrified young men were these, am I not here who is your mother? In recent decades, there's been a resurgence of interest in Mary and a proliferation of images of her in popular culture that can be traced to moments like these. When she's said to appear unexpectedly, often to marginalised people in challenging situations. The Mary that many seem to encounter in these modern times is not the same Palestinian Jewish girl who gave birth to Jesus 2,000 years ago, nor is it a Mary who is sentimentally the perfect woman, meek, mild, passive, a religious hallmark card. This re-emphasises a very different view of Mary, reframing her as a radical visionary who sees a more equitable world as God's desire for humanity. And of course, this is based on a Bible narrative. In the Magnificat, Mary speaks of a world where God raises the lowly and sends the rich away, where the social order is upended and the poor and the vulnerable are the most beloved. And she sings this song not to an audience of powerful men, but to another pregnant woman, her cousin Elizabeth. Mary made a choice, and the choice seems to have been consciously radical, not only about bearing a child, but about the world-changing implications of that action for justice and peace. Mary's choice. And a final off-the-wall thought. Was Mary the first person approached by the messenger? Had others said no?
natural preoccupation with Mary contend to leave Joseph on the sidelines. It's not that we forget him completely, of course we don't, but the narratives as recorded in the Gospels are relatively sparse in relation to Joseph and after a while he disappears completely and yet he was to father Jesus. For our reflections on Joseph this morning, and the role that he played in the story of of Jesus, we will hear and see two things. First of all, a poem written by Wendy. It was this poem which Wendy read to our Tuesday evening Zoom gathering a few weeks ago that gave me the inspiration to settle on the theme for this morning's service. So thank you, Wendy. After Wendy has read the poem, we'll see a video which was produced four years ago It interprets for a modern audience Joseph's wrestling with the decision that he had to make. I was inspired to write this poem by several factors. One was that I thought it was unjust that Joseph is partly ignored the importance in the life of Jesus is just overlooked. But think about it. This was the man God chose to be the earthly father to his son. And we all know that a parent can have such a strong influence on somebody. So Joseph was important to God and he was important to Jesus. The other factor was, I thought of all of those people who father children who are not their own. In my own case, my father did not father me in the day-to-day sense. That went down to his brother, my uncle, who brought me up and who was, I never respect, my real father. So I thought about him and again about all the men who adopt or who accept a child they know is not their own. And therefore I wrote this poem. Father. He called me father and I called him son. But he was not of my blood and bone 
And when his dear mother came to me, weeping, I had a mind to send her away alone. This out of anger, out of disappointment and jealousy, I made to send her away. Yet in vision, my God assured me of her innocence. And chosen as I was, I did my duty. I wrapped my cloak around her and the babe divine, enfolding them in my family, in my care, in my heart. And yet, though I cried out in anger at my God in the night, I do not regret my choice. They were my joy, even though I could not forget. How could I? Time after time, he cried out, I must be about my father's business. And it pierced me to the heart, for I knew it was no business of mine, not carpentry, <clears throat> the shaping of wood, rather the shaping of men. Yes, <clears throat> yes, he was no child of mine, but the child of God. And yet, until the end, in love, I called him son, and he called me father. What's going on, Jay? Jay. I can't do this anymore. I would never lie to you. Then tell me who he is. I already told you there isn't anyone. You think I'm an idiot? I'm telling you the truth. You're lying! Stop lying, Mary! I haven't been sleeping around! You know I wouldn't do that to you, Jay! I'm not your Jay. Not anymore. You think I asked for this? I was chosen. Hmm. You were chosen. You. I can't believe you're using God to cover up what you did. This is sick. And I'm done. I'll raise him on my own if I have to.
Hello. I'm so sorry. Have I come at a bad time? No, no. How can I help you? Um, my brother came by a couple of weeks ago. He commissioned something from you? No, no, yeah. Come in. What's your brother's name? Gabe. I'm David. Joseph. My brother speaks very highly of you. That's good to know. Thank you. It's a nice shop you have here. It's been in my family for generations. I don't think I've finished this off yet. Can he come tomorrow? He really needs it today. Right. Are you okay? My fiance is pregnant. And it's not mine. We were supposed to be getting married next week, but that's not happening now. Everyone thinks I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. I, I know it's none of my business, but has she told you who the father is? You honestly wouldn't believe me if I told you. It's God's, apparently. That's... It's pretty, uh... Incredible. I know. Right. Has he ever cheated on you before? Would she really lie to you? I think I see it. You see what? What you made for Gabe. That's on the house.
Are you stalking me? No. You came to my house, though. So you were in? Yeah, of course I was. I thought you'd come to shout at me again. You look like a mess. What were you doing? I ran straight from the workshop to your place. You are so dramatic. What's wrong with you? Why are you smiling like that? So you know. Listen to me. <laughs> Tell me the truth, Mary. Tell me the truth. Don't speak like that, Mary. <laughs> yes, you do. I just needed time. He chose you too. I was this close to throwing it away, uh, but it's Grand's ring, so you know she'd kill me. <laughs> so, what are we going to call this baby then?
We're now going to join together in our prayers for others. So let us pray together. Almighty God, we seek you in the most surprising places, as a child in a stable and in an empty tomb. May God hear these prayers and may we not be surprised when you respond to us. We remember the dark places in the world for the war-torn areas across the globe, like the Middle East and in Ukraine, as well as the many ongoing conflicts that do not make the headlines. We think of places of suffering and violence where individuals are at risk from physical and mental abuse, which often go unnoticed or unreported. We pray for the areas of the world where food is scarce, poverty diminishes livelihoods, and political oppression suppresses human flourishing. We bring to mind areas of the world where floods, earthquakes and drought wreak havoc as a consequence of our own fallenness, greed and comfort. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So Lord, we ask for your light to break through the darkness, to bring an end to violence and relief to suffering. We pray for people in power to have compassion and wisdom to bring an end to conflict. We ask that you'd show us the way to bring comfort to those who are downtrodden, unable to live full and flourishing lives. May you pour out your spirit to upend the systems of power that stop people from reaching their fullest potential. As you subjected creation to frustration, may your hand bring relief to the planet working through us, your people. May your light shine in the dark places and may we see the new dawn awaken. We bring before you our own community and pray for wisdom in the continual discernment about how we best glorify you as the community of your people. We pray for those who are ill and ask that you bring them to fullness of life. In the quietness of our hearts, may we bring before you any situations or people that weigh heavy upon us and ask that your spirit brings comfort to our hearts and of those we pray for. May your light and love shine through us as we love one another. We pray for our sister churches, Strinrar, Strathendrick, Stromness and Thurso Baptist churches. We pray they may be a light to their communities and ask that you bless their leadership with wisdom and their congregations with creativity and compassion. May our witness as a church family be united through our love for others within our diversity of expressions. We remember too the work of the Baptist Missionary Society and their global education programmes. We pray that the glory of God may be seen through all their global education programmes in the likes of the Children's Education Programme in Bangladesh and the Kathmandu International Study Centre in Nepal. We continue to remember students at our own Scottish Baptist College as they finish off their first term of the year. May you help the Ministry of Theological Education produce good fruit as a witness to your kingdom. As we journey through Advent, may we be the people who witness to your light, even though we may walk through darkness. May we be the people of the dawn that shine brightly for those living in the land of deep darkness. God our Father, who from the family of your servant David raised up Joseph the carpenter to be the guardian of your incarnate son and husband of Mary. Give us grace to be like him, 
in his faithful obedience to your commands and compassion for those around him. In a noisy world, give us ears to hear, O God. In a dark world, give us eyes to see, O God, that we may know your presence in our midst and your light in the darkness during this holy season of joy, as we both remember and anticipate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are always the broken body, but we are the body of Christ. With the faithful who go before us and who will come after us, we are the body of Christ. The people of God have a human face. We laugh, we weep, we wait in hope. We lift our eyes, we stub our toes, we love. We struggle, we fail, we stand, and always we stand on trembling ground. But God is our creator, Jesus is our redeemer, and the spirit is our sustainer. Nothing lies beyond the love of God, the God who loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. Let us pray. Who is not yet present at the Feast of Life because of injustice, oppression, vulnerability, or loneliness? Who have we not noticed because their voices are silenced or because we do not think that they are worth noticing? Who has not yet had the opportunity to say yes? A God who calls us to share in the hospitality of this table calls forth in us, in you, in me, the same generosity, the same grace, the same hospitality. May we respond to that grace. Amen. The body of Christ is broken for the life of the world. We share the cup as a sign of the new relationship with God for all creation and our covenant with each other. We will eat the bread as we receive it and then we will retain the cups to drink together. Because God loves us, there will be light again. In an ordinary and unexpected place, and for all creation, God will come, offering a baby's hand to greet us.
And so during our Advent journey together, may God bless us in our sleep with rest and renewal, in our dreams with visions and new insights, and in our waking with a calm mind and a clear purpose. And in the shadow of the Spirit's wing, may we walk these next weeks together in peace. Amen. We go from this place to continue in our work and our worship.